Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. I am sick and tired of all these people driving around with horses in their trailers. The last thing I want to see when stuck in traffic is a devil spawn horse staring back at me from the trailer, casting spells and hexes or whatever they do. Why do you even buy a horse if you have a truck? And why do you have a, if you have a truck, you don't need the horse and therefore you don't need the trailer. You bought the truck because you realized that automobiles are faster than horses, more, a more comfortable ride than horses, easier to maintain than horses. They shit less than horses. They're less temperamental than horses and cast fewer spells, hex, and curses than horses. You have a truck. You don't need a horse. That's like me throwing a tricycle in the trunk of my car. If you want to ride your damn horse somewhere other than your private property, you ride your damn horse to your destination, and hopefully that evil hex-casting horse dies along the way. Those devil-spawn horses have no business in the Western Hemisphere, and you know it. And just like the uh, European starling, they do not belong here in the Americas. And every time that horse shits in the back of the trailer, that's your money at work, dumbass horse owner. Get to shoveling your wasted time and money, servant of hell. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, The Madman. Thanks for tuning in and watching. I'd just like to begin with a rant, you know, because I've been talking about rants, and I can do a rant myself a time or two. Those starlings were a gift, but they ended up being a uh, scourge, a scourge on the United States. <clears throat> anyway, so I want to remind you that I have a YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Like, share, and subscribe. Uh, go search for Shock Monkey Radio on YouTube. I would appreciate it. I also have a Patreon. Go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Uh, become a patron. I would appreciate that. You can also advertise there on Patreon. Advertise on this show. Um, also, I have a cash app. You can use the cash tag shockmonkeyradio. As you see right here, uh, cash tag Shock Monkey Radio if you just want to send me money and a note. Or if you want to email me, you can use the email below, madman at fxpgpr.com. Thank you very much. What are those nerd predators like? Now, hear me out. Predators in the movies are always the warriors, the hunters, the jocks. And by all accounts, they are well-versed in fighting and killing with and without their impressive technology. But there had to have been some nerd predators at some point to invent the light-bending cloaking technology, or their spaceships, or their shoulder lasers, and all the other wonderful toys that predators have. And if you noticed, predators have those long claw fingers. Not really helpful for delicate work like building electronics or designing weapons. So I figure that there has to be some nerd predators back on their homeworld who probably get frequent manicures and get bullied by the jock predators that we see in the movies. So consider that, considering that the jock hunter war, slash warriors obviously drive the culture of the predators, I think it's obvious that the nerd predators exist somewhere behind the scenes. The bullying that they endure must be crucial, all things considered. But if there was some war between the nerd and jock predators, inventing the technology I mentioned could have given the nerds the edge over the jocks, and eventually a peace was brokered between the two factions so that the jock hunters can use that tech in the movies and comics that we all know and love. I may be getting their culture all wrong. I don't read the comics. I'm not a fan of Dark Horse. <laughs> okay. Moving a lot right along. Excuse me, I have heart, heartburn. The only thing that's been helping is beer. Burping after drinking beer. Heartburn's just rough. Yeah, we're all good. We're all, good. all right, everyone gather around. 
gather around, take a knee, you in front, take a knee. What the hell, Major League Baseball? Why did you move the All-Star game? Baseball is fucking sacred. It's nonpartisan. And when you do something like this, you sully the purpose of baseball. Who you vote for has no bearing on your earned run average. Republicans are better pitchers. And Democrats make better infielders. No one has ever said such nonsense. When companies and organizations like the MLB start inserting themselves into politics, we the people need to set them straight and shove them back in their lane. You are the MLB. You worry about baseball. And not even all baseball. Just Major League Baseball and the farm system, obviously. Stay in your lane, Rob Manfred. Just because the mainstream media is failing to take its important job more seriously and being so biased does not give organizations like MLB and Coca-Cola the right to insert themselves into political discourse. You want to think that 1960s racism and Jim Crow laws are still a thing in America? That's fine. That's your delusion. That's your conspiracy theory. That's your failure to grasp reality. But we will not reorder all of reality to fit your erroneous narratives. But I am not saying we are all blameless. This is a team sport, America, just like baseball. And it would, in, it would be incorrect to only blame the infielders or outfielders or pitching staff. It's a team effort, and I think this all started to go wrong after September 11, 2001. After the events, the, hor the horrible events of that day, all professional sports started adding all sorts of shit into the games, specifically the national anthem. Gigantic American flags, color guards, Celine Dion singing the national anthem, uh, fighter jet flyovers. <clears throat> I even think the Nationals did a God Bless America song during the seventh inning stretch of all games. At the time, none of us, including myself, thought there was something wrong with adding something patriotic or nationalist to our amusements. But I was wrong. We were wrong. After five or six years of this, Colin Kaepernick started seeing it for what it was and decided to take control of the conversation that had no business being in professional sports. He started sitting and then kneeling during the national anthem. And there was so much outrage. But honestly, politics has been trying to insert, it, insert itself into professional sports even long before 9-11. But that wasn't players. That was mostly fans. Pre-9-11 athletes generally avoided political conversations, and even sports reporters avoided even bringing up the political questions because you're a sports reporter, write about sports. You're a baseball player, talk about baseball. So it's been a team failure. We can't be sitting here pointing fingers and casting blame. This is a team effort, and we have to try harder. Okay, uh, let's hit the showers, and then we'll review some films. Put them in here. Everyone, put them in here. Put them in here. Go America on three. One, two, three. Go America! <laughs> That's my Kamala Harris impression. Now let's talk about our vice president's weird, nervous laugh for one minute. Putting aside her party affiliation and, the awful, and her awful policies and politics, Let's, all, let's put all that aside. Let's put all that aside and talk about what the cackling is really about. It's been a long time since we've seen a major player in our government with such an odd, nervous tick. Just like Doc Brown had said in Back to the Future, of course the president's an actor. He has to look good on television. 
And there's truth to that. And if you stick your average American on national television, you are likely to see nervousness, stuttering, and some people will just freeze up. All sorts of weird things can happen with people on a national stage with no experience to talking to all of America. So when Kamala starts uh, Joker laughing while answering a benign question, we all know the reason why she does this. She's nervous. She's nervous because she knows she's going to be clipped and syndicated and soundbited and disseminated all over the world. That thought is terrifying to many people and not just Vice President Harris. So as a defense mechanism, she tries to laugh her way through it. I've seen the laugh tactics uh, stop a fight from starting. Some belligerent tries to start a fight, but the guy starts laughing and playing it off as a joke, sometimes just cracking jokes, and, uh, and it just sort of lets the air out of a, the belligerent's anger. Alas, this is not a barroom brawl. This is the office of the Vice President of the United States. The mainstream media has been fairly kind to Kamala ab about this weird nervous tick. After all, we all know what's going on there when we see it. And for the most part, we let it go because we have a supermajority of Americans with have, that have compassion and sympathy in their hearts, even for people we find weird and off-putting with their various idiosyncrasies. So pat yourself on the back for that one, America. Of course, her, permission, her position is usually one that doesn't really matter. Vice president isn't exactly a super important position in our government, but you have to remember that Kamala Harris is literally a heartbeat away from being our president. If, God forbid, something happens to Joe Biden, all of a sudden, Kamala's weird nervous tick would be in the news cycle far more often. Seeing as how the media covers Biden's trailing off and screwing up reading teleprompters and stuff, we all know the biased media will try to avoid her cackling and probably edit around those laughing fits. But keeping politics out of it, out of it most of us are kind and polite enough to see past such a foible. I'm really uh, cutting through these. Articles. I thought I wrote a lot. <laughs> I read fast. It makes me bad because I, I got this book, uh, The Death of Cool by Gavin McInnes. I've been reading that, but it, it's like I, I don't read much anymore. And so, like, I, I, I sit down and I start reading, like, oh, I'm reading too fast. I'm going to be done with this book. <laughs> and, like, uh, uh, seriously, if I sat down and read it, it'd probably take me about six hours. Tops. <clears throat> and that's the pee breaks. <clears throat> So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And so, uh, I got one more thing to do before we get into the news worth knowing, and we'll just end early today, I guess. So, uh, Steven Crowder, banned, not banned. He's back on YouTube. So, I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. I don't know about you, but I am terribly frustrated about all that is going on with these social media giants and the influence that they have over our public forums. They want to homogenize the internet so that they maximize clicks and ads all over the world. Freedom of speech is unique in the United States, and the totalitarians in the world do not want their controlled, subjugated populations to have access to all the information that us lucky Americans have. So in order to get YouTube, Twitter, whatever, past the government firewalls of nations like, say, China, they have to abolish our freedom of speech and culture in order to make our internet more palatable to the totalitarian governments that restrict access to our internet. I've said it before that the, that the internet is the greatest thing to happen to the freedom of speech since the printing press. And since the pure idea of the internet is rooted in the U.S. First Amendment, it flies in the face of the oligarchs, the minority populations that, uh, 
that maintain control over their people by restricting the information that they have access to and silencing opinions that they don't like. And that's what these tech companies are trying to do. I don't think that they are totalitarians at heart. I think they just want those ad revenue dollars from those non-pro-free speech nations without having to create a separate website, separate router, separate algorithms to jump through the hoops of each nation's propaganda preferences. The internet is an important technological tool that even these nations like North Korea need access to in order to keep up with the technological race that nations have been competing in since the dawn of time. China doesn't want us talking about Hong Kong, but they also like basketball. So basketball has to conform to China's will in here in the United fucking States so that they can still reach that Chinese market. Fuck China and any nation that doesn't believe in the freedom of speech. And we should not allow our internet to be turned into a propaganda tool for those tyrannical nations. This is way bigger than Steven Crowder, and he knows it. That's why he's fighting so hard. That's why we should all be fighting so hard. This is modern warfare, information warfare. Steven, support Steven Crowder if you can. Join the Mug Club because he's fighting on behalf of himself, of creators like myself, and the First Amendment. And if you could, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and become a patron. I would appreciate it. You can send me some money too, Steven. <laughs> anyway, uh, cruiser. Uh, seriously, that was like, it had to have been like 800 words. It took me 16 minutes to say it. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into the news worth knowing. He cut back to me just uh, swigging a beer. It reminds me of one time I was watching a local news station. I can't remember if this was down in um, when I was living down in Hampton Roads, but uh, there was like high winds down at the down at the beach or something like that. And some weather guy was covering it, and I was watching the news, and the 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 camera cut to the weather guy, and the weather guy had a had a cigarette in his mouth, hanging out <clears throat> of his mouth. He's, uh, it was lit and, b- and burning. And he, uh, it cut to him, like, for a second. He sees, it just sh- uh, shows him there with, like, a finger in his nose, cigarette in his mouth. Then all of a sudden, a burst of wind, you know, caught his umbrella that he had and, like, smashed him in his face. You see sparks going everywhere. And then it cut away from him. And it's like, oh, I guess he wasn't ready. <laughs> and uh, if, you, if you listen to, like, a local radio or watch local TV stations, you see that kind of stuff all the time. If you like, uh, what are they called, bloopers, you know, because there's people who, like, splice hour-long videos of, like, local news uh, people making mistakes and, uh, you know, just improving and it's weird. It's, it's, it's hilarious. Anyway, let's do, talk, about, talk about the news worth knowing. Okay, since it's opening day for the Nats, I'm going to talk about this. Colorado voting laws are similar to Georgia's despite decision to move Major League Baseball All-Star game. All-Star game. MLB announced that they'll be moving the 2021 All-Star Game out of Georgia in protest of the state's new voting laws. And it's now reportedly headed to Colorado, which has some rules that are similar, if not more restrictive. The Associated Press reported this morning that uh, the MLB will will relocate the game to Denver's Coors Field after pulling it from Atlanta over Georgia voting laws. In response, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp addressed the situation comparing the two states' procedures, saying he is baffled by the decision. Excuse me. Quote, Georgia has 17 days of in-person early voting, including two optional Sundays. 
Colorado has 15, the Republican governor said. So what I'm being told is they also have photo ID requirements, so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Because <clears throat> Georgia's a hot potato, dummy. Anyway, uh, Kemp also said that it did not make sense to him that President uh, Biden appeared at the NCAA championship game in Indiana and praised the state, which Kemp said was the birthplace of the photo ID requirement. <laughs> uh, MLB's decision to remove the All-Star game out of Atlanta came after Biden urged him to do so. V so hypocritical, Kemp said. As it turns out, <clears throat> Colorado also requires voters to, show voters to show identification when voting in person. And the state says that the first time mail-in voters may be required to include a copy of their, of their identification with, with their ballot. Excuse me. This is not far off from Georgia, which requires identification for in-person and ab absentee voting, although Georgia requires proof of identity of all absentee voting. According to the Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's office, voters without ID can use the last four digits of a Social Security number, a utility bill, bank st statement, government check, paycheck, or, other gov or another government document with their name on, with their name and address on it. Colorado relies on signature matching for absentee ballots <clears throat> other than those for first-time mail-in voters. Colorado also automatically sends absentee ballots to all registered voters, whereas Georgia only sends those to, re to, to those who request them, a measurement to provide sending ballots to the wrong address <clears throat> or to those no longer eligible to vote. Fox News asked Major League Baseball if they researched the state voting laws when determining the new All-Star site, but they did not re immediately respond. It's like, no, no, MLB did not do uh, any research into the voting laws. They just knew they had to pull out of Georgia because Georgia was a hot pot political hot potato of the moment. And if you ask me, I think they picked Colorado because the, uh, the higher altitude uh, means that pitches go faster. It means that uh, the balls go farther for the home run derby and stuff like that. I think that's why they picked Colorado in the Mile High Stadium. Because you know when the air is thinner and stuff like that, the ball travels faster. Anyway, physics. Physics, I don't know if it really has a place in the news worth knowing, but we'll talk a little bit about physics. So I, I think it has everything to do with, like, the ball going faster in a higher, higher altitude and nothing to do with the voting laws. Because why should the voting laws cause the MLB to change where they're playing, their all-star game? Makes no sense. They're still playing baseball games in Atlanta right now. What's the fuss about? This, is, this game doesn't happen until July. People won't be mad anymore in July about this. <laughs> okay. Let's go to this next story. Pres pressure mounts on 60 Minutes to correct and retract DeSantis' report. Critic says that, quote, CBS clearly made mistakes. Uh, CBS News 60 Minutes has given no indication that they will correct, the, correct or retract the widely contested report that suggested Florida Governor Ron DeSantis gave the public's grocery store chain preferable treatment to offer the coronavirus vaccine based upon its donations uh, to, to, uh, to his PAC despite growing pressure. Quote, CBS clearly made mistakes in professional ju uh, journalistic judgment in the ex execution of this story. These are the kinds of mistakes that necessarily happen when enterprise reporting is done with bias and on the bias basis on the basis of pushing a preconceived political narrative, DePaul University professor and media critic Jeffrey McCall told Fox News. Copy editor, please, misspelled DePaul. Uh, quote, now that the holes in this report have been clearly exposed, CBS should feel compelled to publicly acknowledge its mistakes. CBS should provide transparent explanation as to how such a story went through the many levels of the editorial process without anybody in the CBS hierarchy noticing that the piece was severely flawed, McCall added. 
because they didn't care. Uh, conservatives have condemned the 60-minute segment that lit up social media on Sunday night. Despite the mounting cri criticism, CBS has dismissed much of the backlash thus far. CBS News brushed off initial allegations that 60 Minutes deceptively edited a heated exchange uh, between one of its correspondents and DeSantis over an alleged pay-for-play scheme being pushed by the reporter. Quote, as we always do for clarity, 60 Minutes used a portion of the governor's over two-minute response that directly addressed the question from the correspondent. The CBS News spokesperson told Fox News. <laughs> uh, that's a funny way to put it. Uh, as the backlash continued on Monday, Palm Beach County Mayor, uh, Mayor Dave Kerner, a Democrat, accused CBS's 60 Minutes of intentionally false reporting. Quote, the reporting is not just based on bad information. It was intentionally false, Kerner said in a scathing statement scathing statement on Monday. I know this because I offered to provide my insight into Paul Beach County's vaccination efforts and 60 Minutes declined. They know that the governor came, came to Paul Be Palm Beach County and met with me and the county administrator, and we asked to expand the state's partnership with Publix at the Palm Beach County, to Palm Beach County. 60 Minutes should be ashamed. But CBS News downplayed Kerner's statement, uh, pointing Fox News to a tweet sent by Palm Beach County Commissioner Melissa McKinley, who disputed Kerner's statement. McKinley works for Kerner, a CBS so, uh, News spokesperson said. CBS News has declined to provide additional comments. Is it is DePau? Is it DePau? P-A-U-W? Did I... did DePau? A-U-W? I wonder if it's not a... If it's spelling, maybe it's a spell check and I missed it. It's like, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. Maybe it is DePau. Anyway, uh, DePau feels doubtful that CBS will do any, any sort of honest public introspection regarding the statement. The establishment media are comfortable in allowing the credibility... To, this is a quote. <clears throat> the establishment media are comfortable in allowing their credibility to suffer while pushing agendas. The sad thing is that millions of people saw the original flawed report and will never know the proper context. McCall said, the situation with CBS and DeSantis fully demonstrates why public confidence in the media is cratering and how the establishment media are fa failing to provide the measured information needs, uh, the measured information needs of the nation. Uh, but there's, there's more to this, but uh, I, I think we, we covered it. If you don't know what happened with, uh, with this thing, it's like 60 Minutes clearly edited this clip of DeSantis making it look like he was, you know, that he's, he was wrong and didn't just, you know, just being a dick. But uh, here's the thing. You know, CNN, uh, they came up, CNN, CNN came up with the, the phrase, the most trusted name in news, when that phrase was true. And there was a point when CNN was the most trusted name in news. But slowly and slowly over the years, you know, they have tarnished that title or earning that title. It's the same with, uh, like, the Washington Post and the New York Times. You know, these, uh, these publications of record, as they say. You know, is, is, when they stop being, when, when they start being biased and partisan, you know, that, that only tarnishes their record. Uh, the freedom of speech includes the freedom of the press. All right, the First Amendment includes the freedom of the press. And I don't think that, you know, I, I would never say that, like, CNN needs to be pulled off the air because of what they're printing. 60 Minutes shouldn't be, should be pulled off the air because of what they're saying or how they're editing, you know. A absolutely. It's like, hey, you know, I love that show, A Current Affair. It, sound it sounded like it was a new show. They played it like it was a new show, but it wasn't a new show. 
It was straight up, straight up yellow journalism. And I have no problem with that. I have no problem with yellow journalism. And but if you want to, if you want to maintain the sixty minutes level of street cred, you know, you gotta, you gotta maintain that benchmark. You gotta main, maintain that benchmark of impartiality. You know, you start all these organizations, these news organizations that start like uh, becoming partisan and start taking a side on issues. You're going to lose a lot of people. You're going to lose a lot of people. And this is why old media, legacy media, like 60 Minutes and stuff like that, is falling to the wayside. And why more people are getting their news from other news, news sources, like maybe uh, Tim Pool. And like, you know, it's like it's more infotainment. People, people like me, like grew up in an era, like watching news, like grew up watching news, like on The Daily Show. I'd rather have infotainment, you know, than uh, uh the cold, <laughs> the cold, uh, the cold and objective, uh, unbiased news. It's so boring. It's so dry and boring when it's cold and unbiased. But, you know, we grew up in that era of Jon Stewart on The Daily Show. Yeah, he was a liberal. Yeah, but, you know, the jokes weren't funny, and they weren't, I mean, they were funny, excuse me. The jokes were funny, and they were, the, the humor was accessible to everyone, not just right or left of the aisle, you know, one side or another. You know, and now you're talking about like the Trevor Noah and stuff like that. And it's like the jokes are intentionally written only to please one side of the aisle. All right. And so it's okay to have journal, have uh, these infotainment sites or these uh, these news organizations like 60 Minutes and write whatever the hell you want. I really don't care. I'm all for it. I think that's all covered in the First Amendment. However, however, if you tarnish your own reputation, by by uh by playing partisan games, you know you're gonna lose you know viewers viewers you're gonna lose subscribers you're gonna lose people you know that's that's free market <laughs> journalism if you ask me, so you know just bear that in mind. Anyway, let's go on to this next story. All right, this is interesting. Uh, North Las Vegas mayor leaves Democrat Party to join the GOP. That's the Grand Ole Party. That's the Republicans. Uh, says he can't stand with socialists. You know, I didn't know you could do that. All right. Um, after being elected as a Democrat, North Las Vegas Mayor John Lee said on Fox & Friends Tuesday he is switching to the Republican Party. Uh, Lee argued that the Democrats' elitist and socialist agenda is not one he can stand with anymore. Then it has a, a long quote of what Major, Major Mayor John Lee said. Eh, this joint operations, you know. Um, this is what Mayor John Lee, yeah. They had an election recently for leadership, and four of the five people were card-carrying members of the Socialist Party. It's not, a, it's not the party I grew up with, with tw- uh, 25 years ago in this environment. It's just not a party I can stand with anymore. The working class or working men and women of this country, and also the small business owners, are not a part of this conversation, of the conversation anymore. It all has to do with the elitists, and it has to do with the socialists. That is not the agenda that I have in mind for this country of the future. When you're a pro-life Democrat, a pro-gun Democrat, and you're and you're very conservative and you're a very conservative person, it's not really well known in the Democratic Party anymore. And so for me to hang on as long as I did, hoping the party would change, it didn't. It got worse. So therefore, I found a new place where I could put my allegiance to and help. Once again, forget about the last eight years. It's the next four years that will predict the future. Uh, okay, that's one one way to one one way to say it. But uh, yeah, he's just a mayor. But that being said, I first of all, I didn't know you could change parties once you get elected. 
because that cha- that's a game changer. Yes, <laughs> I didn't know you were allowed to do that. <clears throat> but at the same time, there's tons of Democrats who are reasonable Democrats that don't want to. Uh, they want to hold on to their guns, you know. <laughs> you know, they may be liberal socially, but conservative, you know, realistically, logistically, so uh, conservative, you know, <laughs> fiscally conservative. And you can still be a Democrat, absolutely. But if a bunch of radicals are taking control of the culture of your party, then absolutely, switch over. Switch over for a little while, for a little while, until the Democrats come to their senses and kick out all these radicals that have been leading the conversation in their party. Anyway, let's go on to another baseball story. Uh, Texas Governor Abbott on why he declined to throw out the first pitch at the home opener. Uh, so, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said on America's Newsroom Tuesday that he did not throw out the first pitch to the Texas Rangers home opener because Major League Baseball engaged in a political malpractice by pushing a false narrative about the Georgia election about the Georgia election reform. Now, the following is a quote from Greg Abbott. I could not associate myself with Major League Baseball that had gone out and done something that was absolutely ridiculous. It was taking positions with regard to these voter and election laws in the state of Georgia where clearly Major League Baseball had not read or studied it and did not know what what those laws provided. The MLB was basically boycotting the state of Georgia that has laws that are are more lenient for voters than the state of New York, than the state of Delaware where President Biden hails from himself, and not knowing what the laws provide, not knowing that the laws actually did not crack down but instead expanded the ability to vote. It is, ridic- it is ridiculous that we have some of these organizations that know nothing whatsoever about what the law provides, but they're injecting themselves into politics in ways that are just flat out wrong. And I refuse to associate with an association with an organization that is uh, that is taking political positions when they need to be focusing on baseball and on opening day for the Texas Rangers. And they shouldn't be engaged in politics like that. It's the last thing we want for them is to be engaged in politics in the state of Texas. And what they did is political malpractice. And I, ha- I have to agree with Governor Abbott on that. Uh, I, think, I don't think that like protesting or like boycotts is ever a good thing to do because, uh, screw you, I'm not giving up baseball. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how political it gets. I'll deal with all the, 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 the SJW commercials and stuff like that as long as baseball remains baseball and I can still watch a baseball game. All right? I'm not going to boycott MLB. All right? <laughs> That being said, you know, I think they did do the wrong thing. I think, like I said earlier, I think they didn't care um, where the uh, where the All-Star game was moved to. They only knew that the Georgia was a hot potato, and they had to get away from that. And that's why they chose uh, Colorado without even looking at the laws. And you know what? The election laws that are going on in the state where the All-Star game is being played have nothing to do with the All-Star game. Let's go on to this next News story. Yeah, I got two more left. I like to do happier stories right at the end. Just to lighten the mood so I don't like uh, run into a horse horse trailer on the way home out of anger. (laughs) Okay, this next story. Missouri sheriff denounces trespassing uh, following TikTok tour of $1.6 billion ghost town. The Stone County Sheriff's Office in Missouri has warned the public to avoid Indian Ridge Resort amid reports of trespassing. 
The unfinished resort community in Branson recently went viral on the video sharing platform uh, of TikTok for its haunted history, apparently inspiring locals to check it out for themselves. Though though the deserted land of of McMansions is old lore to the show me state, there's got to be a better way to write that sentence. Though the deserted land of McMansions is old lore in the show me state, lawyer Carrie Jernigan recently retold the story in a TikTok tour posted last month. Jernigan explained that the real estate fraud scheme was carried out in 2006 when developers tried to get loans for an ambitious ambitious project called the Indian Ridge Resort Community. Uh, the 900-acre project was a one point, had a $1.6 billion price tag and promised residential townhomes and condos, a huge hotel with the second largest indoor water park in America, golfing, a marina, and Native American History Museum. However, the construction of Table Rock Lake crumbled in 2008 when the government uh, caught on the dis- onto the suspicious activity. The spooky site has sat abandoned ever since. Though Jernigan's tale has since been viewed over 15 million times online, the Stone County Sheriff didn't mince words words in urging the public to stay, stay away. Quote, a recent TikTok video went viral about the Indian Ridge development that went bankrupt. Uh, and, that this, and this has caused the location off of 76 Highway. What, why tell them where it is? Location off of 76 Highway to become a tourist attraction. Sheriff Doug Rader wrote in a Facebook memo on Monday. Quote, this is private property and you can be cited for trespassing. Plus, you might get hurt. That's me. That last part was me. He went on to say, our, deb- our deputies are very busy, busy handling calls for service and really don't want to write people tic- tickets for pro- trespassing. Please do not enter the property. Please do not trespass on the property, Raider asked. It has been a constant flow of people walking down in the development all weekend. Please go visit many, one of our many other tourist attractions in Stone County, including Table Rock Lake. <laughs> This poor guy. Uh, Commenters, of course, had a whole lot to say about the overnight hype and consequential commotion. That sentence was written pretty well. Okay. Funny, it's like this abandoned... It's been like this, abandoned, for how many years? The social media stirs things up, one Facebook user wrote, and the owners need to do something. That's an eyesore. Uh, Quote, keep publicizing it and they will keep coming, another argued. Uh, Another said, people are already going to look at it. The city should just take it over and charge an entrance fee to those who want to visit the inner site. Visit the site. According to Fox 2, the new owner had, uh, indeed has plans to develop hundreds of vacant, vacant acres. Vacant acres. My goodness. But shooing people out of this property just because some, you know, just like the All-Star game. By July, nobody's going to care. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Let's get into this last story before we call it a day. All right, so this is a hilarious story. And uh, having used Coinstar myself, Coinstar fixes Georgia's Georgia man's oily penny paycheck problem. <clears throat> a Georgia man that was shocked to find the amount of his final paycheck in the form of pennies dumped in his driveway last mo- month is getting some help from coin counting company Coinstar. Fayette, Fayetteville's Andreas Flatten had to quit his job at Peachtree City's AOK Walk, uh, Walker Luxury Auto Works in November, and and was having trouble having some trouble getting his last paycheck from his former employee employer. My mistake. Although he had been promised his nineteen uh, nine hundred fifteen dollar check, 
it would be paid to him in January. The check never arrived, and Flatten said his former boss accused him of damages. Flatten, who had gone so far to call Georgia Department of Labor, uh, Georgia's Department of Labor for assistance, was surprised when he discovered more than 91,000 oil or grease-covered pennies in front of his house. An envelope resting on top of the pile contained his final pay stub and was addressed with an explicit message, F.U. Since then, Flatten had spent nights cleaning the pennies, which Fox 5 Atlanta has said sat in a wheelbarrow in his garage. Flatten and his girlfriend had previously refused to comment to Fox News, saying they were focusing on getting a real payment for Flatten's final check. Coinstar took up the mantle and picked up more than 500 pounds of pennies from Flatten on Thursday. The company pointed uh, Fox News to a release in which it wrote up and it was rounded up Flatten's paycheck to $1,000. <laughs> Quote, when we heard about Mr. Flatten's penny problem, we were happy to offer our assistance, said Coinstar CEO Jim Garrity. Coinstar has been on the coin business for 30 years, and we process approximately 41 billion coins annually. So picking up 91,000 pennies was all in a day's work. Uh, quote, I was spending an hour or two, uh, this is from Flatten, uh, I was spending an hour or two at night trying to clean the pen pennies and probably only cleaned off about $5 worth, Flatten told Coinstar. I was so relieved and grateful that Coinstar agreed to help me. In addition, the company executives announced that they would match Flatten's penny value to donate $1,000 to local charities of his choosing. Flatten named two Atlanta-area animal shelters to receive the donations. I gave the money to Royal Animal Refuge and TLC Pet Rescue. One saved my dog and one saved my mother's dog, Flatten told Fox News in an email on Friday. Now that his nights are free, he plans on spending time with his family. Not cleaning pennies anymore, huh? So uh, here's the thing about if your employer does this to you, you take him to court, okay? <laughs> I don't know. You may have trouble, but, you know, when if – it's not so much that, you know, pennies are legal tender for all debts, public and private. And that's just the truth of it. But when he gives you your last paycheck in pennies dumped in your driveway, first of all, it's not, not a secured uh, transmission of funds, all right? And then gives you your last pay stub with FU written on it, you go get a lawyer. Pay him in pennies if you have to. Go get a lawyer. That's what I would have done. But instead, Coinstar stepped up and, you know, you know, granted, I know that this is a, you know, advertorial, you know, for Coinstar. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, they, they stepped in, they did something about it, and not only that, they, you know, went and did something for charity as well. And so I guess, you know, in the end, that boss was a dick. I'm glad this is probably a good reason why he quit that job. <laughs> Probably has a lot, to, something to do with it, I would imagine. Uh, anyway, I wanna, uh, that's the end of our show. I want to remind you again to go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. I would appreciate it. If you want to advertise there, there's an advertising option as well. Uh, you can also send me money through Cash App. Use the cash tag shockmonkeyradio, as you see here on your screen. Um, send me a note. Send me some cash. Uh, you know, If you want to email me, Matt, at madmanfxbgpr.com, and you may end up with your email in one of our mailbag segments. So, yeah, this has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman, and I love you.